HealthWise. Hello everyone, we'd like to welcome you to episode 27 of the HealthWise Report, the audio edition. This is Thomas Coyer. And this is Sarah Kane. Welcome to the show, everyone. Sarah? Yeah? I've uh, been looking around the internet. A lot of the people don't like our theme music. And I found something that includes, well, our motto that I think you'd like. Oh gosh, what is it this time? No, seriously, you're really going to like this, Sarah. Right, we'll see. Okay. Imagine this is like the health-wise theme, you know, for a documentary or something that's coming up. Okay? Okay, I'll try. Don't stop, get it, get it. That's weird. Don't stop, get it. I will. Don't do it. This is so typical. Do you like? I don't think that's for us, Thomas. You don't? No. No was the last one that you suggested. The amount of research we do, I mean... I can't think of a better phrase for us than don't stop, get it, get it, don't stop, get it, get it. I can think of a few. Really? Maybe we should just stick with our current theme song. For now. You sure? Yeah. I really thought you'd like this one. I'm really sure. Okay. You got anything you want to talk about? You want to start this off? Oh, sure. We recently wrote a very critical review of Mike Adams, who runs naturalnews.com. And we published that on our website. In that report, we talked about his awful nutritional advice and a lot of other things that people would find interesting. And we really encourage you to go and read that report if you haven't already, especially if you frequent his site. We recently started a new website called the Safe Products Catalog. Our aim with the website is to promote products and companies that produce their items in, I'm going to call them civilized countries. The Western world. Yeah, exactly. Here's the thing. We want people to be able to purchase, for instance, American if they live in the United States. But that's not always a possibility. As it stands right now, most of the manufacturing in the United States has gone abroad. It's gone to China. It's not really manufacturing in the United States anymore. Exactly. So it's not possible to get everything you want from the United States. And so a lot of people say either... A, it's too expensive, or two, it's just simply not possible. The item is not made here. And so they go and buy straight from China or some other country which employs slaves or persecutes Christians and you know, all these things. So what we 
are trying to accomplish is to tell people you don't have to get it from here. If you can't get it here, go to another civilized country that doesn't do these things. Well, you're using the term civilized, and it's really tempting to do that you know, when you look at history and so forth, but I'm not so sure that it's really a civilization issue anymore. I think it's more of an, an evil issue. When you look at the countries that our stuff is being manufactured in now, they're evil regimes, purely evil. We don't hear about that anymore. It's not politically correct. The mainstream media has told us that the Cold War is over. We're all good friends now, so business is open. But in reality, these places over in the eastern part of the world are countries that traditionally the United States has refused to do business with. It wasn't that long ago that it was illegal to do business with most of these countries because as Americans, it was not considered tolerable. We could not condone a state that has children, 12, 13, 14, working in factories for 20 hours a day, getting hands and feet and everything else cut off with totalitarian regimes, regimes that routinely imprison, in some cases even kill people for just being Christian. We as Americans said, that is not tolerable. We will not put up with it. We will not do business with them. We will not foster them up with our money. Exactly. You know, that's all been thrown out the window. What we used to have, what we considered principles, our morals, they're gone now. They're completely gone. Companies right and left are relocating to these countries, are helping to foster, foist up these countries, is what I meant to say. Mm -hmm. It's immoral. That makes us just as bad. If we tolerate that sort of thing, we're as bad as those companies. We're as bad as the people of those regimes. It's bad enough when they have adult slaves, but to do it with children too. And this is normal over there. They don't have our Christian code that has made America what it was. We have this moral, ethical code about doing what's right for ourselves and our children. For them, children, they don't mean anything. They're just smaller. They're still part of the workforce. But they're just on yeah. a smaller scale, so they can work with finer machinery, yeah, right? Yeah, well, it's like, you know, if you're in China, you can have one, but if you have more than one, then the state forces you to have an abortion, because that doesn't fit in with the agenda, with their ability to manage the entire population. Yeah. They're afraid they'll get too many, and it'll become unmanageable. It's a way of reminding families that the state has total control, total power of every aspect of their lives. And I think that may be the most important part of the one-child policy. It's not so much a population thing. It's a way of enforcing to everyone that the state has total control of everything. And the Chinese are the most wicked. When they're not killing their own children, they're killing ours. Exactly. You have all these different recalls, whether it be lead or cadmium or just safety issues, regular mechanical failures. Yeah. But when you get down to it, this is always going to be the case from a regime that doesn't care about human life. Yeah. This isn't just the fact that they don't have enough people over there monitoring. This is just the fact that this is the way this country is. Mm -hmm. They don't have morals. They don't have what we now call ethics. They don't care. And that's why we have these recalls. There is no solution other than to stop doing business with a tyrannical regime. Yeah. It's like the thing I was talking about this the other day. There was the thing with the meltdown in Japan with their nuclear reactor. Yeah. And, of course, there was a big hoopla about that. Lots of stuff in the news. Some of our own peers in the alternative media really ran with it to try to sell potassium iodide and other things here in the States. A lot of unethical stuff, a lot of exaggeration happened for us here in America. If you're in Japan, it's different. 
It is serious business if you're actually in Japan. Yeah, it was very dangerous. Yeah, they do have a serious radiation problem and lots of problems from these meltdowns. Well, we know about that because Japan is a somewhat moral, honorable, civilized society. So they did the right thing. They had the meltdown and they told everyone for their safety and did their best to try to mitigate the problems, just like any other respectable moral society would do. There's no telling how many meltdowns have happened in China, and no one was ever told. Yeah, because that's the solution to the problem. That's, that's their solution. Pretend it doesn't exist. And let them die. Mm-hmm. I mean, heck, they're more than happy to eliminate a huge portion of their population. No. They're very comfortable and happy with that. Of course, there can be no accountability. It reminds me of a joke Ronald Reagan made. Reagan was the American who probably spearheaded the fight against communism more than anyone else. Yeah. Reagan made the joke that if there was ever more than one party in a communist state, then there would only be one party left because everyone would join the new party. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, of course, you're not really given that choice in the first place. No. I think before moving on, we should talk about why we're so outraged. Okay. Something Sarah was trying to hit on a moment ago before I went on my rant was it's not just for moral reasons why we shouldn't buy from the Soviet republics and China and North Korea and all these other godforsaken, unchristian countries. Yep. There's more reasons not to support those regimes, to help force them up economically. The other reasons involve what I refer to as enlightened self-interest. You can do something that's right because it's the right thing, or you can do something right because of the karma. It benefits you. Because it benefits you in the long term, because doing the wrong thing will hurt you in the long term. People sometimes do things, the right thing, not because it's the right thing so much, but because of enlightened self-interest, because they know they'll benefit from doing the right thing eventually. That by doing the wrong thing, it will come back to, as they say, haunt them. Something bad will happen. In regards to buying from these awful nations, there is a certain amount of enlightened self-interest that comes into play here. When you look at the recalls, it's these countries. Mm -hmm. These countries are poisoning us. It's in the regular food. Sometimes foods labeled as organic, which aren't, they're GE, genetically engineered, as organic, but labeled as organic. We have all sorts of pharmaceuticals that are poisoned and have been tainted. They've even found metal particles in children's, you know, over-the-counter remedies. Yep. Metal, like razor-sharp pieces of aluminum in the medicine. Mm-hmm. They found melamine and other poisons in the baby foods. They found antifreeze in the toothpaste. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. When we Americans make a mistake in engineering, you know, there's usually something like they use the wrong kind of wiring or the wrong kind of fasteners. So somebody gets shocked or burns them or or what have you, or there's some kind of mechanical failure. When we get problem products from these godforsaken countries, they're freaking poisoned. They're poisonous. And that can't be accidental. It's not like they have the Chinese guy walking around with the big poison carton while they're met, you know, through the factory, and he, he trips and slips and says, oops, all the poison fell in the vet by accident. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yep. We've also noticed patterns. They're specifically targeting our children. Go ahead, Sarah, take this one about the... Yeah, sure. I mean, it's like just before school starts, every year they find lead in lunchboxes. Yeah, not the rest of the year, but just before school starts. Yeah, and then you get to Christmas time. And all of a sudden, they start finding lead and cadmium inside of children's toys and 
necklaces designed for young girls. And don't forget Christmas trees and Christmas lights. Exactly what happens again at Christmas time. You can get most of these products year-round, and they're okay. They pass the testing. But you get school supplies when school starts. Suddenly, all the China products have lead in them. You get the Christmas stuff around Christmas time. Suddenly, they all have lead in them. And here's what's really incredible. If you think we're being paranoid conspiracy people, let me tell you what happened here. The U.S. government started testing for lead. They started spot-checking stuff coming in from China for lead. Of course, they detected it. A lot of stuff was stopped. Entry was stopped. So the Chinese stopped using lead. Then they switched over to cadmium. Now everything coming from China has cadmium in it, which isn't tested for and which is even worse than lead. Yeah, but we don't even have many regulations on that because, well, our regulators didn't think cadmium would ever have any way of getting inside these products. It, It doesn't exist naturally in manufacturing. There is nothing you make that has cadmium in it. Exactly. That's why the regulations aren't there. The only way cadmium can get into manufactured goods is if they manufacture the cadmium separately, ship it in, and then intentionally mix it in. Yeah. It doesn't naturally occur with metal making, plastic making, paint, anything. So it's being added intentionally. Well, if you remember, they admitted that they added the melamine intentionally, but said that it was to increase the protein content. Protein. Because they didn't have enough protein in their formula, so they decided to deceptively add a poison well, to increase the Well, melamine readings. isn't even a, a protein, is it? It causes, I think, the testing to reveal that it has higher protein it, okay, content. It, okay, it causes a chemical reaction to throw the testing off. Yeah. So, in actuality, they still, it's still malnourishing the child by not having the protein in it, and then putting the poisonous chemical on top of that to fake it. Exactly, and there were lots of kids that had kidney failure as a result of it. I think some of them died. Well... They were using antifreeze and toothpaste. You remember that? I do. And these are big names. We're found to have, for a while, antifreeze in them. And the reason is because they were getting their ingredients from China. You look on the box, and it's made in America and all this other stuff. What does it matter? If all the ingredients come from China and they put it in a freaking blender, it's still the Chinese stuff we're using. That's another thing. When you do find something that's made in America, half the time it's not. Or you have to read really carefully. Yeah, like, all the different components come yeah. from different countries, like China. Yeah, and it's, all. it's mm-hmm. assembled in America. Everything is made in the other country, and then they, they ship it over here, and they put one or two screws in, then it's assembled in America. It's deceptive word games. Well, exactly, and that's what we're kind of trying to push, that, okay, maybe we can't get everything here from America, but maybe we can get everything from countries that don't poison their own kids, uh, yeah. their own people, I mean, and maybe they don't hire child slaves, and maybe they're not tyrannical and communistic. It's so politically correct now, Sarah, about the words we use in politics and the words we use to describe people internationally. It's safe for us to say the free world. That's going out of style now, but you can still get away with that. You can still say, well, we're in the free world, or we're from a democracy, or we're from a republic, and we want to do business with other republics and other democracies. We can say that that's politically correct. We can't say what's not politically correct anymore, but we're going to do it anyway. Bottom line is, the good countries are the countries that have been influenced by Christianity. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. You could draw a line like the old Iron Curtain to divide the world in half. And on one side you have the good, and on one side you have the evil. And it is that simple. You go to these societies that haven't been influenced by the Christian creed, who's constitutions or whatever make up their government haven't been influenced by 
thousands of years of the church. These are evil countries. Yes. It's just that simple. It's become politically correct to put down the church, and believe me, the church has got lots of blood on its hands. There's nothing wrong with being a Christian and being of the faith, but... The organized church the is organi- responsible for a lot of evil. Yes, too. the organized church, in particular the old Catholic church, mm-hmm. did plenty of evil, but you know it was a force of good, more or less. The church kept the records in history, which helped us develop a system of codified laws, civilization, if you will, mm-hmm. and allowed that moral code to be infused in the system of laws for those countries. America is the best example. America was founded by people who came here for religious freedom, who didn't want to answer to the king anymore, who didn't want to answer to the Catholic Church anymore in their various countries. So they fled. They came here where they could worship God in their own way, person to person, without the organized church interfering. Yeah. The early Americans were a montage. You had your criminals, and a lot of those were deposited here. Georgia was known as the prison colony. Lots of people were dumped. Mm-hmm. A lot of these criminals were criminals because they told the church where they could stick it. Well, they, they broke laws that shouldn't have been laws in the first yeah. place. Or they told the king where he could stick it. And so they were dropped off here. You had your Puritans, you had your pilgrims. They were all religious people. And when our Constitution was written, people were given a freedom of religion. That's been perverted now. Now a lot of people think it's a freedom from religion. It's not. Mm-hmm. For the founders, it was like, you can worship God any way you want to worship God. That doesn't mean you can worship someone else. (laughs) That doesn't mean you can set up your Islamic temple, or what have you. Or you can be wicked and worship Satan. No, that's not what that means. It was just sort of a given that who would worship anything but God, the one God of Abraham and of the Bible. Because of that, America became like the light of the world. I know a lot of you people out there are going to cringe at this, especially internationally. Even some Americans will, because it's become politically incorrect to say this. Look at the history of the world. Look at where all the countries are out there, and look at America. America is like the, one of the youngest countries in the history of the world. We're talking a country that's 200 years old, became the richest, most powerful, most developed, most civilized nation on Earth. In 200 years, in the scheme of history, that's the blink of an eye. There is no denying that America was blessed. To say otherwise is ridiculous. It's to ignore the facts that are in front of us. America is the reason why the free countries of the world have the freedoms that they do. Prior to America, the United States in particular, the world was governed by kings emperors, and warlords, as it had been through most of history. There were others like Caesars before that, but it's the same story played on, essentially with different names. America changed all that. America said, we can set up a republic, and they weren't talking about some fake artificial show republic like the Greeks had, or even the Romans had, where supposedly people got votes, but they didn't really. It was the elites who made all the decisions, and the Saturians who made sure those decisions were followed, regardless of the will of the people. And they had all kinds of distractions, the arenas, the sports and shows and so forth, to keep people from questioning the status quo, to keep people from asking, you know, we're not really a republic here. America did it. Now, I'm not saying we're still there. 
I think a lot of our freedoms and a lot of what America once stood for is gone now. And I hope we regain these things. But we did it. And we made lots of mistakes. There were opportunities where we blew it with the American Indians. We could have done things a little differently. Maybe some of those wars could have been avoided. Maybe things could have worked out a little better. We blew it in the case of slavery. We've made lots of mistakes. The Americans have. But for certain brief periods, America shone before the world like a sun, a beacon of hope and freedom, like no country had ever done before. And because of what America did, America, the little new little world over there, on the western side of the universe as far as those people knew then, America toppled all the monarchs. It brought all of them down. And the world has never been the same since. So you people in England and Europe and Canada and everywhere else that's listening to us, in a nice free country that has a government based on individual rights and liberties because the people who founded your nations were Christians, who believed in republic and democracy, you have America to thank for it. And I'm going to tell you something else. With all the evil that has come from America, like these Gulf Wars and various invasions and interferences from the shadowy parts of our government, and there's a lot of bad stuff going down. If you're listening to this show, I can almost guarantee you know exactly what I'm talking about. But despite all of that horrible stuff, and there's so much horrible stuff, despite it all, America is still the last beacon of hope. It's getting bad out there. Socialism is overrunning Europe Look at the European Union. Mm -hmm. Look at the Euro, the European Union, and so forth. Look at the way their governments work, their industry works, their healthcare systems works. They're infiltrated by socialism and are on the verge of going communist. What's incredible is that our media systems are all lying to us. They're playing a big smoke and mirrors game with us. We think we're free. We think the Cold War is over. It's not. That's the big trick. It's to convince us that the war is over so that we can lose it. We think the Soviet Union has died, the Cold War is over, we can just move on, and yet socialism is taking over everywhere. They're still socialist, and now we're becoming socialist. So my question to all of you listening out there is, how is that a victory? They get what they want, we lose everything that has been fought for, and yet we applaud it and declare victory at the same time, because we're told to by our media sources. And this is a very big deal. Most of you listening out there don't know how bad it is. It's something we were sort of getting started on with our Safe Products catalog. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you how bad it is. Let me give people an example. Okay. We had to buy a new coffee maker. We didn't want to buy one at Walmart, because we knew if you buy it at Walmart, you're buying it at China Mart. And half of them have recalls. We've already looked. Especially the Black and Decker. They explode in steam explosions and peel people's skin off their faces. Yeah. All coming from China, of course. So we decided, even if we have to pay more, we're going to find one made from a decent country. Of course, we're Americans. We're going to prefer America. But if we can't find one in America, we'll find some other decent nation. Like Germany, Austria, Australia, Canada, Japan, France. There's a long list of decent, civilized Western countries mm -hmm. that have a Christian foundation. The amazing thing was, we couldn't find anything. So I'm going to reiterate that. 
it may not really sting like it should. If you want to buy a coffee pot and a coffee maker, you have to buy it from a communist nation. You cannot buy a coffee pot that is made in any Christian country, any Western nation. It's not possible. There is not one company in the Western world. Now, their companies have their headquarters here that are mooching and bilking the system. Oh, yeah, lots. But you can't buy one that's made here. You cannot buy a coffee pot made here. But think about that. In the entire United States, nobody makes coffee pots and coffee makers. Manufacturers, and that is. They don't do it in Canada. They don't do it in France, Germany, Finland, Norway, Holland, the United Kingdom, Italy, nowhere. You have to go to the whatever republic from the Soviets, you know, the former Soviet states, China, India, Pakistan, Pakistan, Iraq type countries. Iraq, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where you'll have to get your coffee pot. It's the same way with shoes. Let's take a break. Okay. Please check us out and read our reports at the HealthWise Report website. You can find us on the internet at healthwise.org. Take special note that WISE is spelt W-Y-Z-E. We spell it W-Y-Z-E to emphasize wisdom. We are a not-for-profit organization, although we are not registered as a not-for-profit, non-profit, or any other classification with any governmental agency. Nevertheless, we are a non-profit organization, so we're always needing donors to help us to continue our work, whether it be the equipment for these radio shows, our website and network infrastructure, various fees for our movie productions, and of course, the occasional video game to help us maintain our sanity through it all. If you are someone who cannot donate, or who does not wish to, you can also support us by visiting our online store. That can also be found at healthwise.org, and again, WISE is spelt W-Y-Z-E. We have to be careful about what claims we make about our products, including claims that can be verified, because we know of at least one governmental agency that would like to shut us down. We can tell you that in our opinion, our colloidal copper lotion has qualities that cannot be found in any other lotion sold, anywhere else. So, if you have joint or skin problems of any kind, we recommend that you check out our lotion. The HealthWise Report staff also offers hosting, networking, and technical support for anyone who wants to have their own website or assistance with internet technologies. Our technical skills place us among the best of the best. Thanks for listening to this. We'll get back to the show now. It's the same way with shoes. I mean, you look up on the internet all these different shoe companies. You know, you can look at Nike and Adidas, all these major brands, and every one of them has gone to China, or maybe Pakistan or Vietnam, one of these countries. There's one of them is New Balance, who claims that they make their shoes in the U.S. using components that they got from elsewhere, and we're supposed to somehow feel good about that. But well, don't they have like half of their factories in like Pakistan or somewhere like that? Mexico, yeah, all over, all over the place. But, but they're American because they have some factories in America that assemble. Yeah, some. Like one or two. Yeah. So you see, like, American all over the box. Yeah, New ba- the New Balance. And that's what's disgusting. Not only are they bilking slave labor elsewhere at the expense of their own people, which I consider nothing short of treason, they're lying about it. They're being deceptive. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you, if you're looking for a pair of just regular athletic shoes, let's say you want to go out and play tennis like we do, there is no way you can get a pair of regular shoes from the United States. You can get a pair of boots, maybe. You can especially get a pair of military-style combat boots that are made in the U.S. But a pair of regular shoes? No. You just you can't get them here. I found one company in the entire, I want to call it, first world. 
apparently China is second world. But anyway, one company, and even then it's not designed to just be regular shoes, they're designed to make it easier to run on ice, although they look fairly normal. But my point is that throughout all of these different countries, all of these companies that once started up in Italy or in Germany or right here in the United States, all sold out to China. They sold their people out, their country out, and they sold out the quality of their products. I just find it both disgusting and it's disturbing at the same time that you can't even buy a pair of shoes. If we end up going to war with China, how are we going to fight a war without shoes? Seriously, that's a real consideration, given the sort of country that they are. Well, (laughs) that's just the thing, Sarah. If there is a war with China, it'll be over very quickly, because they'll shut down our industry and we'll be bankrupt overnight. Yeah. It'll be a very fast war. They could win without firing a shot. And that's they're, the situation that we're in right now going to because win. of the way the industry is. They're going to win. We know from reading their writings. You can go back to the Communist Manifesto, Sarah. Their goal is to spread communism like a cancer. That's their agenda. Yes. And they don't want to go to war with us because we have nukes. We don't want to go to war with them because they have nukes. That's the way it works. We don't want to fall into the whole mutual assured destruction thing again. Yeah. But they're going to win. They're going to take us over, and we're not going to be able to do a thing about it unless we really turn things around. Yeah. You can look at clothing. Um, there are four or five clothing companies in the United States that make clothes. Four or five. That's it. In the United States. I mean, you look at how big the U.S. is, and you've got four or five, and many of them don't even sell online or they're ridiculously expensive because they're trying to appeal to this very small niche of the population. Mm-hmm. It's unreal. Yes, yeah, so if you want to buy your kid a nice dress, you can drive 3,000 miles and wait till they open. Yeah, and then you can stand there and pay exorbitant fees for yeah. this for, item. $400 for that dress, that little... You know. Exactly, and we don't have to even charge these rates. When we got started with the Safe Products Catalog, I was thinking some of the American items may cost more. They may even cost double, but I think that in most cases, say a t-shirt may cost like $7 from China, some people, a lot of people, would be willing to pay twice that if it was made in the United States by American workers with American-grown cotton. Mm-hmm. Yet, some of these companies are just, I don't know what to call it other than just unscrupulous. Those that stay try and charge, you know, $60 for a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Ten times. Exactly. That begs the question, who's more unscrupulous? Those people are the ones that are paying the slaves. Yeah, I know. Really, who's more unscrupulous there? And I really don't know. Either way, it's unchecked, unbridled greed. Yes. But I don't just think it's the upper-level executive type business owners who are the problem. I think a lot of the problem is at a much lower level. For instance, how Americans, especially Americans in the northern part of the country, have tolerated unions. When a guy is sewing, you know, a button on, a couple buttons every few minutes, and he's getting paid $150 an hour to freaking sew a button on, because he's in the union, if he decides to stop sewing that button on, he can't be fired. If he just stands there and looks at it, he's not allowed to get fired without permission from the union. How is American industry going to survive in that climate? The whole idea of these trade unions being everywhere, and people are going to hate me saying this, but it is communism. It is. People think it could never happen here. It's here. It's right there in front of you. But look around. When you have a workers' party to overthrow the capitalist and to take control of industry, 
It's the very definition of communism. Look it up. Yeah. It's one thing to have a group of workers at a company that collectively say, if John gets fired for this reason and it's a bad reason, then we're going to quit too, or we're not going to work. And then the company has the choice to say, okay, we're going to fix this bad policy, or we're going to fire these people, all of them, and take the loss and hire a new group. Mm-hmm. But it's another thing when we've got these unions that can't be fired. They can all go on strike and shut a company down. Yeah. It's like against federal law to fire striking workers. That means you can't hire their replacements because you can't fire them. That means that a union can hold a company hostage for pretty much as long as it wants. And I do mean that because some of you may not realize this, but if you're in one of the big unions and you go on strike, you don't stop getting paid. No, the union sends you a paycheck every week. They actually pay you and encourage you to stay on strike as long as possible. Yeah. It's only the company that loses money. And people wonder why all the jobs are going elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of complaints about Walmart. Everybody seems to hate Walmart. That's another politically correct thing. To Walmart's credit, Walmart has kept the unions out. And because of that, Walmart is the biggest, most powerful retailer around. They're everywhere and growing. They're doing well in business. People can complain and say, well, they don't treat their workers right, or they don't pay enough, or this or that. But the bottom line is, Walmart provides more jobs than any other company in the entire United States. There are more people that work for Walmart than there are who work for government. Yeah. It is the biggest employer. And for that alone, they deserve some credit and some kudos. And they did it by keeping the union out. Exactly. If all the Walmart employees unionized, as some of the people think they should, Walmart would just close down. And then nobody would have a job. And then all those jobs would be lost. And who's going to claim a victory over that, exactly? Everybody loses. The communists. Yeah, exactly. That's who will claim a victory, and they'll blame it on capitalism. They'll say it was these greedy corporations that caused this to happen. If they had just given in and done the right thing for the workers, nothing bad would have happened. Which is totally bogus, because it was these communist people who infiltrated, shut the company down, it's their fault that the company died. Yeah. But time after time, these same communist people point and say, well, it's the greedy capitalists. We have a moral meltdown going on. Well, that's the way it is. With communism, it moves in wherever there's immorality. That's exactly. I was thinking about it the other day, Sarah, and how this relates to health. And I don't mean like a socialized healthcare system. That's another ball of wax altogether. When a country is moral and Christian and has family units and institutions and governments that are built upon those Christian principles, that ideology mm-hmm. of the, the rights of the individual, the principles of freedom and of republic and so forth. These things, these ideologies which get ingrained in the people, they become a part of who they are, they act as an immune system. Yes. Anytime the communists move in somewhere, they're automatically identified as a threat and are attacked in some way. Maybe not through bullets or any other violent means, but in one way or another, they're attacked and they're driven out. We don't have that anymore. As America and her sister countries around the world have gone through a set of moral decay, that immune system is gone. And they've infiltrated and they've spread like a cancer. While everybody's sleeping and not paying attention and patting each other on the back for winning the Cold War, the Cold War's over. My gosh, this is the worst time in history. It's because we're ignoring it and don't believe it can happen. It's overrunning us right before our very eyes. And we're in such denial, we can't even see it. 
For most of you listening out there, what you need to do is pull the plug on your TVs. And I don't mean just pull it out of the wall. I mean take pliers and cut the plug. Cut the cable. Take a baseball bat to that dish outside. Whatever you need to do. Stop listening to that garbage. And start paying attention to the real world. What's actually going on in front of you. Because our time is running out. We're in real trouble. When you can't buy a coffee pot in the civilized world. Or a pair of shoes. Or a pair of shoes. Or clothes. My gosh, people, we're in trouble. I mean, seriously. You need to stop and think about it. I do want to say, I think it kind of ties in with this whole modern era of psychology, this pushing of what we've called before and taught on the show about emotional intelligence, this whole idea that people should not be emotional, they should be rational. They shouldn't really worry about conscience and ideals and morals, because this just gets in the way of, well, business. And by doing this, by becoming this kind of sociopathic, amoral society, we become increasingly communistic, and we drive ourselves toward this, well, towards our own self-destruction. That's a good point, Sarah. Socialism in itself is, in fact, institutionalized sociopathology. When you study what a sociopath is, it's someone who is obsessed and fixated about power and control. This control is maintained through tyrannical systems of abuse. People who are emotional, who feel differently than the sociopath, are considered an enemy. Like, for instance, if you're creative, artistic, religious, good leader... Extremely intelligent. Intelligent. These are dangerous qualities. They're a threat to the sociopath. Yes. It's how socialism works. Socialism is meant to reward mediocrity instead of excellence. And the reason why is because mediocrity is not a threat. So it must essentially punish anybody who goes against their grain. Yeah, unless you're an absolute team player, you're a threat, and you're dealt with. Preemptively punished, charged, what have you. Sent to a re-education camp. That still happens in China. Oh, yeah. People think about the old Soviet Union with their KGB that would kidnap people and take them to their re-education camps in Siberia and torture them for months, years, what have you until they're totally broken and brainwashed. Yet yeah, it still happens in China. It's still happening realize. in China, and we're just embracing them. Socialism is indeed sociopathology. It would be a good idea for all of you listening out there, if you haven't read up on socialism, haven't read the Communist Manifesto, the work of Marx, what it means to be a sociopath, you need to, because they're the same thing. And everything is collapsing around of us because of people's ignorance on this. They spend all this time watching the TV and watching the news and what's supposed to be happening and isn't. People don't really have a grasp anymore of this. And I think that 20, 30 years ago, they really did. All right. I do want to talk about a case that I came across in the mainstream media. It was Time Magazine and ABC News that reported this, but I found this story to be utterly incredible, and so I want to talk about it. It's a case in which a seven-year-old girl got cancer. And so she started getting the chemotherapy. It made her, obviously, very sick, and it wasn't working. Who would have thought? So the doctors decided that they wanted to do a bone marrow transplant. Well, I'm sure that worked perfectly. Instead of jumping onto that, her mother, Erin Purchase, said, let's try something different, and instead decided to give the young girl medical marijuana in the form of an oil. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just crazy. It was lime-flavored, it was lime-flavored cannabis oil. And the cancer went into remission. Wow. Even before the bone marrow? 
even before the bone marrow transplant. Wow. And the mainstream press, instead of saying, wow, look, here's something that works better than chemotherapy, instead said, how ethical is that? Yeah. And that was the slant of both ABC News... How could Herp her do that to her? ...and Time Magazine. This is in Oregon, yeah. a state where medical marijuana or cannabis is completely legal. But they're saying, this is a seven-year-old girl. How can you give her a dangerous drug like that? Like marijuana, yeah. But my gosh, they're giving her chemotherapy. Yeah. They're actually strapping the girl down, hitting her with the radiation gun to burn every cell in her body from inside out, like a microwave, to poison her, put her in extreme agony, and, of course, make future cancers much, much more likely after all that radiation exposure. But it's the marijuana that's dangerous, right? Uh-huh. We've been researching for years. You know, when we first started, this was one of the topics we looked up. We wanted to find out what are the drawbacks to marijuana as well as the benefits to weigh them. We did a lot of research, spent weeks on this topic, probably, and we couldn't find any negative effects. Now, I'm serious. For marijuana use, there are no known adverse reactions. Nothing. Not even coughing. Sneezing, nothing. In fact, it increases your lung capacity. It actually increases your lung capacity so that your body absorbs oxygen better and all the cells get oxygenated better throughout the body. Mm -hmm. That's hard to beat. That alone will make it very, very anti-cancer. Yeah. I just want to get back to this story. Sure. There was a quote uh, that was included from a Dr. Sharon Levy from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Oh, do tell. And she said, the issue is that marijuana isn't a medicine. And that's exactly right. That's their issue. That medical marijuana marijuana isn't patented. Isn't a drug. Mm-hmm. That's the only they, issue. They can't patent and control it. Exactly. So it was like some Freudian slip. Therefore it's not really a drug. Exactly. Right? The fact that it's not one of their drugs is the problem. It's not that it's not safe, it's not that it's not effective, it's that they don't control it. Did, did she say it wasn't a drug or did she say it wasn't a medicine? She said it wasn't a medicine. Actually it is a medicine, it's just not a drug. Exactly. Now, in this case, there was someone from Langone's Pain Man- Management Center who said that there's an ethical problem with giving a child medical marijuana, as they kept calling it, because the child doesn't really have a choice in the matter. The child doesn't have a choice. The child doesn't have a choice. And you look at the chemotherapy that they've been giving the child for, I think it was two years at Did the, the time. Did the child say, Mommy, Mommy, please radiate me. I just love it. It uh, makes me feel so good, right? Yeah, and you know, it's like... If the parent and the child decide that they don't want to get the chemo, what happens? These same people, exactly the same people who say that this child didn't have a choice and thus it's unethical, will go and sue the, the, the mother. No, they don't sue. They call Child Protective <laughs> Services <laughs> yeah. and they get the child drug off. That's, exactly. That's taken away. The child is taken away from the parent and then force medicated with these poisons. Yes. Uh-huh. You know, all in the name of the child's rights. Yes, in a hostile, stressful environment where there's, like, no way that the child is going to survive. After breaking the family up, of course, to punitively punish the entire family yes. for disobeying. That same guy from Langone's Pain Management Center, his name was Dr. Michael Dubois, said that the child should stick to other anti-nausea and pain medications because the cannabis oil could be harmful. Wait a minute. The cannabis stops nausea? Yes. Not only will it help with the cancer, but it stops pain somewhat. Stops pain, stops nausea, and encourages an appetite, which you need in someone who's also going through these horrible drugs that suppress Mm. the appetite and cause a person to die partly of starvation. One thing that they probably were careful not to mention is that the child needed 
aggressive treatment because pharmaceuticals that the child was on prior to the cancer therapy was most likely starving the child of oxygen, which, of course, the cannabis would have provided. Yes. Would have increased it. That's probably why the cancer went into remission. It wasn't so much that the marijuana was fighting the cancer, although it may have been somewhat, but it was probably more of a factor that it was neutralizing the effects of the pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Which just shows how broken it all is. I mean, truly, the emperor has no clothes. Yes. Now, the saddest part of this story is that the mother is going to continue now taking chemotherapy for another two years because the doctors insist it, and she's going to be taking medical marijuana at the same time as they both fight it out. Okay, so she fixed the cancer. Yes. The cancer went into remission. Curing the cancer wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. So now they're going to poison the child for two years. Yes. If the child survives that, the child is virtually assured of getting cancer later on now. Exactly. And that is the state of medical care that we have now. Yeah. And that is just despicable. Well, that's why we did our documentary, The Cancer Report. You know, there are a lot of topics we could have covered, but the dirtiest, most wicked, corrupt part of health care is cancer. Can- it's cancer. cancer industry, yes. We've said it before, and we need to say it again. If you go through conventional cancer treatments... 96%, I want to repeat that, 96% chance that you will die of either cancer or the treatments. And most likely it will be the treatments, but it'll get blamed on the cancer by the doctors. Would you do anything in your entire life if you knew that there was a 4% chance of success? It's just totally logical. It's it insane. It makes no sense at all. Yeah. And especially when, you know, success counts as surviving. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not yeah. just... It's You've got a 4% chance of living long-term. Exactly. This isn't just some small thing. This well, is your life. Well, if only 4% survive in the long-term, and I'm talking much longer than their five-year period that they count as survival and cure. I'm talking, you know, long-term. Yes. If only 4% survive who are getting their treatments, what is the quality of life for that 4%? Does that mean like 3% out of that 4% live a living hell for the rest of their lives? with diabetes, arthritis, poor eyesight, arteries that start collapsing. This, well, this is normal, isn't it? Well, there's a reason that oncologists, i.e. cancer doctors, won't take their own drugs. They won't take the chemo and they won't take the radiation. Mm-hmm. Especially in you know, many of these particularly lethal cases like lung mm-hmm. cancer, for instance, and pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. Even though they'll push that right onto their patients without any mm-hmm. warning or anything. Yeah, it kind of reminds you of the doctors and pediatricians who give out vaccines right and left. You know, constantly. And then when their hospital tells them that they have to take the same vaccinations, they go on strike. Yeah. <laughs> of course, when they do go on strike, that's when most patients survive. Yeah, and what's even funnier, yeah, we found that when doctors at a hospital go on strike, the mortality rates decrease. Yeah, wasn't it probably like 50%? I'm trying to remember. But anyway, this happened oh, it was like incredible. in one hospital after another in different well, countries. When it happened in Israel, it was like 70%. Yeah, exactly. Which means they're right. killing even more people than we are. Yeah. Which is quite saying something for the Israelis, isn't it? Yes, and what's funny is that the people keeping track of it, people who notice, were like the... The, uh, the morticians. The morticians, The yes. people at the funeral homes notice that business dropped off dramatically whenever there's a, a strike at a it's, hospital. It's the coroners who notice the difference, yes. Oh, gosh. It's incredible. The stuff we uncover in this work, it's just astounding, isn't it? It is. Well, we were just talking to one guy recently, Sarah. He was trying to fight with this dentist about fluoride. And yeah. I can't remember, there was some kind of a enzyme or protein or something that fluoride suppressed, and I can't remember, it had a bad effect. And, and I was like, as much as we've read about fluoride, I mean, you're just, you're just scratching the surface here. 
what it does to a person. He argued with the dentist, why are you using this? Shouldn't you use something else? He got cut off. He was surprised that the dentist cut him off. He had a little bit of faith left in the system. A little bit of hope left, yeah. What we told him is the most amazing thing about the whole fluoride situation that proves that it, like the cancer industry, is a farce. When you look at the the statistics for fluoride, there's one pattern that really stands out. If you look at the areas that aren't fluoridated, they have significantly less cavities than the areas that are fluoridated. In fact, you can predict which areas are fluoridated based on the cavity statistics. The ones with the least cavities aren't fluoridated. They don't have any fluoride in their water. Mm-hmm. Well, I think fluoride has a two-pronged effect that causes this. It's firstly the fact that fluoride tends to make bones more brittle. It makes them hard. And so that can cause part of the problem. And the other part is just the fact that the fluoride itself can weaken the immune system. Yes, it does, which causes yeast overgrowth in the mouth and therefore cavities. But in addition to that, Sarah, fluoride itself will cause pitting of the teeth and bones. Yes. That's a known condition. I think it's called fluorosis, in fact. It's so common there's a name for it, an actual disease name. We've noticed a pattern. When you find somebody that's got these nasty black witch-like looking teeth, you know, from Halloween, they use a lot of fluoride. They use Listerine and this mouthwash and toothpaste, and they get the treatments at the dentist. You know it when you see them. Well, what's sad is that it gets worse over time because... Over time, they're trying to whiten their teeth, and all the teeth whitening toothpaste and all these different products contain fluoride. Mm-hmm. They're just adding more. And so it just, yeah, creates yeah. this whole snowball effect. Some people are much more prone to it than other people are. When you see the black teeth in the industrial world, that's it. Yeah. It's fluoride. There's something that we told this guy who we spoke to recently about fluoride that I would like to say on the show, too. And that's that even if fluoride wasn't a poison and didn't cause these effects, let's say it was some drug that was calcium or phosphorus that really would help to strengthen the teeth, the teeth yeah. it would still be wrong. It's wrong because it's wrong to, mandate, to require people to take any sort of drug, any sort of medicine. I mean, seriously, people, if you really think about it, fluoride is a drug and it's in the water supply. You're being forced medicated no matter how you look at it, even if you believe they're spent. And it's the same dosage for everyone. I have to disagree with one point there. And the point I disagree with is fluoride is a drug. When it's a drug, it's assumed that it has a beneficial effect on the body. There are no beneficial effects from fluoride. The only thing it can help with is if you have hyperthyroidism, not to be confused with hypothyroidism. It works in that case because it poisons the thyroid and shuts it down. And even then, it's kind of questionable whether that's a medicine, if that's a good thing. Certainly not the best way. (laughs) No, it's not. There is no benefit to fluoride. It's like we were talking about with the statistics earlier. It doesn't stop cavities. It makes it more likely that you will have cavities. Yeah. I suppose in a sense we could call it a drug because it does have a narcotic effect on the human brain. It has a very numbing a pacifying. effect. A pacifying effect. And that's why it was first used. Fluoride was first used and utilized by the Nazis in World War II Germany. Yeah, to keep their conquered peoples in a pacified state. Yes, it was. Put, it be obedient. Mm-hmm. It was put in the water supplies wherever they conquered a region. Yeah, wherever, I mean, they took people in, they'd have the fluoride in the water, and that was to stop them from fighting back. Yeah, it does. There was something I wanted to add, Sarah. Sure. You know, when we were on the radiation and chemo poison versus marijuana. Yeah. The most serious effect 
or what I might consider the most serious effect of the radiation and chemotherapy, is like never mentioned. But it is a big deal, a very, very big deal. It should be mentioned, and mentioned often. And that is something that is known as chemo brain. Once you take these poisons in, these super poisons and the radiation, your mind is affected. And the blanket term chemo brain is used to describe it because nobody really understands it. These poisons and the radiation are designed to penetrate every cell in the body. That means it crosses the blood-brain barrier. Most drugs don't, I don't think. They don't cross the blood-brain barrier. They don't affect the human brain directly. But the cancer treatments do. That means if you're treated for a cancer using the so-called conventional or orthodox therapies, I cringe when I call them therapeutic, you know? Yes. You'll be brain damaged. You'll be brain damaged. Is there any wisdom in gambling to be one of those 4%? Let's just say you're the 1% or 2% left over that 4% whose life isn't a living hell and whose body isn't completely falling apart after treatments. Then you're brain damaged. Does it get any worse than that? Brain damage. So that your intelligence is ruined. That you can't do what you used to be able to do. So that you can enjoy that life that you still have left. Cancer treatments are like the very, very epitome of the deal with the devil. There is no escaping once the deal is made, once you commit. No. I know all of you are tired of hearing Sarah drone on endlessly, running her mouth, blah, blah. Don't you feel sorry for me? I mean, it's not just I can tune out. I know who they feel sorry for. (laughs) Who they feel sorry for? They feel sorry for themselves, Sarah, (laughs) having to put up with you all this time. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do all of you a favor, and we're going to end the show. (laughs) What do you think, Sarah? Sure. Um, let's end the show. Should we do that? You know, people are going to say I'm abusive. You, you are abusive. That? We're going to get all these emails saying, how dare you? We already get those emails. You bastard. And we do get those, don't we? <laughs> and I'm pretty nice. I'm not abusive. Really? Aren't I nice, Sarah? Sarah? Yes. All right. We're going to go. In the meantime, check out Healthwise Cigarettes, the <laughs> brand that's smooth and healthy. Using all organic tobacco. We're kidding. It's a joke, really. Yeah. We thought about doing that for April Fool's. You know, uh, putting up on our site, Healthwise Smokes. Yeah. And uh, we decided against it, didn't we? We kind of missed the deadline. The smooth, refreshing taste of Healthwise cigarettes. Didn't like the old commercials that the doctors were in for cigarettes actually say that it benefited the throat somehow? Yeah, they, they sometimes doctors push cigarettes for health benefits. Yeah. We should probably wrap up. Yeah, probably. It's been a good one, though. Yeah, it has. It has. Let's wrap this up. All right. There are ways that you can support us, but there are also ways to support us without giving us any money. For instance, you can tell your friends and family about us. You can list us in your email signature. You can link to us on your website or your blog. You can sign up to our mailing list and start discussions there. There are lots of ways you can actually help us without it actually costing you anything. We don't have a big marketing budget to get the word out to other people, Mm -hmm. so we rely on you to pass it around to your friends and whoever you know. We do a lot of work to try to separate the good from the bad, the truth from the fiction. Yeah. And we could use your help. We could. And again, as usual, if you need to call us, feel free to do so. Yeah, our line is like always open. There's no good hour or bad hour to call. 
Our schedule changes from week to week. So if you want to call us, just call us. It doesn't matter what time it is. If we're too tired to answer, then we won't answer. You'll get a voicemail and we'll probably call you back. (laughs) Yeah. We're very flexible. Very flexible. Give us a ring. Let us know you're out there. We know we could use more friends. It certainly could. All right, well, this is Sarah signing off. And this is Thomas. I guess this is toodaloo. (laughs) See ya.